Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long we are celebrating. Who are we celebrating? Entrepreneurs who are veterans. And it's really important for me this month to take this time out and reflect on those who have served our country, those who have served us in, in uh, America in particular, but also to make sure that we understand what the military really does offer for people in terms of how it really prepares them for business life, entrepreneurship, but uh, what those trans transitions can mean and what they can turn into. Now, when I tell you about the background of my guest today, you're going to be pretty darn impressed. I'm not going to lie. There's some impressive things going on here. Carla Bass is a retired Air Force colonel. She's also author of the book, Right to Influence, which I can't wait to talk about. And she's the winner of eight national level awards. Now here's, you know, she's not just an author though. It's one thing to write a book and say, I've written a book. It's another to write a book because it's about the power of writing. And she says the ability to write powerfully was central to her success. She had a 45-year career with 30 of it in the Air Force and 15 with a federal agency. And during that time, here's just a few things that she did with her writing. So tell me if any of you can... Uh, well, I know I can't say any of these things, but they're going to pretty much motivate you. She composed products for Congress, the White House generals, ambassadors, hundreds of performance reviews, budget justifications, award nominations, and executive memoranda. So you know she's got the power behind that pen. As a lieutenant colonel, Carla transformed her 480-person unit from, now this might not sound all exciting, but the most losing one in national, in losing in statewide professional competitions into one to beat. How? because of the written word. And I think you're gonna learn that uh, in terms of what she thinks uh, that we should all know is how the power of the written word can and will transform us. Entrepreneurs, individuals, business people, we name it. So joining me today is Carla Bass. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to share time with you and your audience. It's your, your background is incredibly impressive. Not only your time in the military and the Air Force, uh, you know, directly, but what you did after that for 15 years. So tell us a little bit more. I hit the highlights. Tell us a little bit more about your military career and how that, you know, what, what you gained from it, how it helped you to shock your potential. Well, in four words, I followed my dreams is how it oh. all started off. I followed my dreams. Um, I was the child of a military family. And I decided when I was in seventh grade, okay, seventh grade, that I was going I to join Air Force and not just Air Force, but Air Force intelligence. Okay, how, now. Okay, wait, how did that come about? That's a great story. That's very, that's very young to know exactly what you wanted. Well, it, it is. Uh, the, the backstory there is this is when the Vietnam War was, was in full force. 
My father was at that point an Air Force officer. He was in targeting intelligence and putting in just incredibly long hours um, in the Pentagon if he wasn't actually deployed to Vietnam. Mm. Um, my mother told me so many times as I was a kid growing up, don't ask your father any questions about what he does because he can't tell you. And she told me that once too often and I decided, <laughs> well, heck, I, I'll, I'll join it myself and find out. And, and wow. that's exactly, it was out of curiosity and our family was extremely patriotic. So it was a combination of curiosity and patriotism that in seventh grade, I chose the course and I stuck with it. Wow. I and mean, then, not only is that impressive for a young age, but really to, you know, to see it and not have, well, I was thinking, you know, if my mother told me, don't ask your father anything, that would make me go ask him more. So I'm even more impressed that you decided instead, I'm just going to go learn it myself. And then I don't have to worry about asking him. Well, and, you know, it's uh, going through college, you know, all the boyfriends and so forth is don't even think about it, dudes, because I'm <laughs> flying, I'm, I'm going far and fast and I'm not staying in Indiana. But one nice. of the one of the proudest days of my life is when my father, Colonel, they called him Sandbass. Colonel Sandbass gave me gave me the oath of office to Colonel Carla Bass. It was Colonel Bass swearing in Colonel Bass. At that point, he was in the veterans. Uh, he had had a bad stroke, and he was in the veterans of VA hospital in Marion, Indiana. It took six months of speech therapy for them to help him be able to utter that oath. But you know that's one of those poignant memories that I, I just simply will never forget. Oh my gosh. But in, in my 30 years, uh, I, I spent time in, in Germany and Korea, Thailand and Bulgaria. Uh, Bulgaria was fascinating. I was the first female defense attache there. And to explain to your listeners, that means that, that I represented all of America's military to our Bulgarian counterparts. Mm. And, uh, and, and that was a three-year assignment every day. Every day was fascinating. So the, the 30 years floated by like 30 days and I, I do it again in a heartbeat. I, I am, I love that on so many levels. First of all, just, I'm still kind of, you know, shook up a little bit about the story about your father. I mean, that is just beautiful. That must've been an incredibly touching and emotional moment. Well, I give great kudos to the Veterans Administration, the Veterans Association there. They, they put on this amazing promotion ceremony. They built the scrapbook. They got the cake. Uh, they, they gave a prayer um, so far above and beyond. I wrote a, a thank you letter to the head of the, the VA um, annotating the names of the people that made that possible. Uh, so yeah, it was a lot of wonderful things in that one, in that one moment. Oh my goodness. Well, so I know we're going to also talk about what you do today, but I want to ask you then what about your military career made you or, you know, or helped you or supported you to become an entrepreneur? Because it's, it's a big jump. And, and I have all these great conversations with people about what makes you decide to go that route rather than working for someone else, which you did also, I mean, within the government after you're done with the Air Force, but what, what gave you the spark to become your, your own business owner? Well, there, there are two things I want to share. First, when, when my father commissioned me, you know, this is father talking to second lieutenant daughter, he, he gave three pieces of advice. One was stay focused on the job, as in don't get caught up in office politics. Oh, Always yeah. keep your sense of humor. And the third piece, which is, it leads me to the answer to your question was, always take care of your people and they will take care of you. 
All right. Mm. So what led me to becoming an entrepreneur? This goes back to the, the story to which you alluded in Hawaii, uh, when I transformed the most losing unit into the one to beat. That was a pivotal point for me because I realized when I took command of those 480 wonderfully talented people, that's where I realized that powerful writing changes lives. And that the tragedy that I witnessed there is there were so many very talented and deserving people who ought to have won the awards. Their supervisors tried to nominate them, but they couldn't write winning packages. Oh, so yeah. I, I took a couple of days vacation. That's where I developed my writing methodology. I spent three days in a beach cabin and I analyzed, okay, Carla, you can do this. What is it that you do? And how can you teach others? That was the genesis of Right to Influence. And so, you know, we, we transformed the unit into the one to beat. My only concern then was my 480 people. That was my family. But what shocked the heck out of me was the, the vacuous need. I ended up teaching that one hour workshop for the next 15 years to <laughs> thousands of people. I had no idea the need was so great. So why am I an entrepreneur? When I retired, by the time I retired, I'd received so many testimonials from people who said, Colonel Bass, if it hadn't been for, I wouldn't be able to. And mm. that includes to this day, I received an email just a couple of days ago, unsolicited. Uh, he was one of the airmen in the 324th. He said, Colonel Bass, you need to know that, uh, that your writing, how did he put it? Um, because of your writing, I reached GS-15 by the age of 36. It, it benefited my entire federal career, and I'm teaching others your writing methodology. Another person mm -hmm. said, Colonel Bass, I was a senior airman with you. I kept that little handbook for 18 years. I became, I was accepted as an officer in officer's training school. I just retired after 20 years, I'm a Lieutenant Colonel, but now I'm the vice president of a defense corporation because you taught me how to write. So I could not not write the book. It was in mm. my soul. I, I had to. And, and then because, because it helps so many people, I cannot not teach it. So yeah. I'm, I'm using a lot of double negatives and I realize <laughs> that, but, but it, it's a calling. I have something, it works, it's proven. And so I have to keep sharing it. Well, and I mean, I think the words you're choosing are very tribute to what you're saying, because it's one thing to say, I had to do this versus I couldn't not do it. Yep. You know, those are, they, they might sound the same to people, but one is like, I had to do it. Okay, go off. It's your mission. The other one is I can't sleep at night. If I don't do this, I have that, to it. do it. It's, it's part of who I am. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, on another podcast that the interviewer asked me as a concluding question, I was not expecting this. She said, if you had one week left on this planet, what would you do with it? And, wow. and my answer was visceral. I would teach more. I would teach faster. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's true because you've seen the power of it. And, you know, I love, you know, the name of the book, Right to Influence. But, you know, when you said powerful writing changes lives, you're absolutely, I, I agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more <laughs> um, because our the written word, the words that we write tell so many things about us beyond just the words that we've written. And that's something that I don't think everybody gets. Well, the, the thing is, if you, if you learn how to write powerfully, it, it 
unlocks the doors to opportunity. I mean, you've yeah. got so much, and this gets to your shock, your potential, but people have so much possibility within them, but it's stymied, it's, it's suffocated, it's, it's smothered because they can't convey that to other people. So you could be the most talented person, the perfect fit for a job. You could have the research program that's going to change the world. But if you can't explain that to the, the funders, or if you can't tell the employer why you have to pick me and nobody else, then, you know, ideas stay on the drawing board and you don't get hired and the employer doesn't benefit. It all comes down to being able to communicate. And people mm -hmm. don't realize that they're, they're truncating their futures by not being able to do this. And it's not taught in schools. That's why I'm so passionate mm -hmm. about this. Um, you know, empower yourself by learning how to write. And you're, you're, um, you're absolutely right is that you, I love the, um, you know, kind of the reflection you had of, you know, I have this group and we're all submitting for programs and these proposals are trying to get people uh, recognition for what they're doing. And they were incredible programs and they were doing amazing things. But if the person that was nominating them couldn't put it, convey the message clearly enough in writing, then it won't ever get the visibility it needs. And that's to your point. I know uh, we're going to take a break in just a minute, but to your point about resumes, you know, business proposals, sales proposals, all those elements, the greatest outcomes could be lost by not writing in a compelling manner. I, I can summarize this in about 30 seconds in a problem consequence solution format. The problem okay. is that people and organizations fail to achieve their goals because of ineffective writing. The mm -hmm. consequence is it impedes careers and hurts the financial bottom line. The solution mm -hmm. is gain the critical edge by learning how to write products that are concise and compelling. I love oh. it. Boom, oh. you got it. All right, drop the mic. But we're not done yet because we're going to dive down deeper. Carla, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Imagine starting a long journey without a map or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead. That's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion, but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families. Find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey. Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get the Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. And we are back with Carla Bass, and she is the author of Right to Influence. And I already uh, put a little note on my notepad here that I better buy this right now. I, I consider myself a pretty good writer. I've written a couple books. I've got a few more in motion. But I love everything that has to do with writing, because to me, it's something, you know, English was my major, writing is my passion, always has been, but I love to continue to study it and get better. So um, tell us a little bit more about what you're doing today, or maybe we dive down into your process a little. I'll let you kind of decide what you want to share, because I, otherwise I could just pull everything out of your brain. <laughs> <laughs> I could try. <laughs> well, I, I love teaching workshops and and with COVID, if it can't be in person, then I, I do great with webinars. Um, but I cover a multitude of subjects. I, I developed an entire an entire day's program for the US Geological Survey. And I mm -hmm. taught that to their staffs in Reston, St. Louis and Denver. 
but it was what was fascinating about that is I based it on their products. They they mm -hmm. asked me to help them with budget justifications and uh, and performance reviews. So using their material, I did the before after analysis, and I did the entire day's class teaching off their backdrops using using their Beautiful. material as foils. And then uh, I've got a corporate client before COVID. I developed a two-day class for them. I taught that in Chicago, New York City, again, all based on their products. But for, for simple, you know, I've got one-hour webinars on powerful writing for professionals or uh, even fiction writers uh, spin the captivating tale because nobody likes reading boring, fat writing. You know, every mm -hmm. word counts. <laughs> My philosophy, it, yeah, I explain this. If you can imagine a white rectangle, okay, white rectangle. Mm -hmm. And the, the teaching point to that is that every author, whether you're fact or fiction, every author is constrained by two things. You're constrained by the reader's time, tick, tick, I'm mm -hmm. busy, what do you want? Right. And you're constrained by available space, whether it's a demarcated area on a government form, or whether it's a, a 250 word limit for a grant submission summary, or give me your byline of the article in 120 characters. Okay, right. so now in that little white rectangle, transpose in big black letters, the word opportunity. Mm. All right, the lesson is the writer who best leverages time and space wins. And so what I teach you how to do is make every word count and every second of the reader's time play to your advantage. And I do that, I, I'm a visual person. So imagine an inverted triangle. I do this, it's a two-step process. At the top part of the inverted triangle are the strategies. I have several strategies on how, how, you, how you arrange the logic of your presentation of your case. When you get mm -hmm. down to the bottom point, those are the word sculpting tools. There's 10, 10 tools, and I, we can, I can explain that in a minute if you want, but that's where you hone the text. You get rid of the useless words, the redundancies, mm -hmm. and so forth. So by the time you've done strategizing the message and honing the text, that's how you get products to Congress and, and they'll fund your program. That's mm -hmm. how you change policy. That's how you accomplish all these wonderful things. Yeah. And to your point, I mean, we were talking about this briefly before we started taping. That's how you get a job. You know, exactly. people who think that the resume is just a list of what you've done or the jobs and position, you know, places that you've worked, that you're you're missing out on the story that you can tell. Yep. Yeah. So the, the big mistake, well, there are several mistakes people make on resumes, but the number one is know the audience and write mm -hmm. to the audience. The audience is new, is, is not you. It's not, look at me, this is what I can do. Yes. Your target is the employer. So every word that you utter, every word that you speak needs to, needs to address the employer's needs, okay? The employer has a dam, there's a hole in the dam. You're the putty and you're trying to fit, you're trying to plug that hole. Here's how I can help you. Here's how you benefit by hiring me and couch everything in that perspective. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, and Carla, a lot of our um, followers, and this is, I'm just throwing this question out at you at the blue, but hopefully, uh, well, I'm not worried about it. You'll, you can handle it, especially with your background. But a lot of my followers are entrepreneurs or small business owners, and many of them are trying to win maybe government contracts or you know win other business by proposals. So this idea of a proposal um, for business is really is, is a critical issue for many, many of my listeners. 
you know, if you have people that have done okay, but they know that they're still missing out on a lot of opportunity and they're maybe reflecting right now that perhaps that's because I haven't written it well enough because that's not been my expertise. Do you have a couple top tips for getting people aligned maybe on a couple of those strategies? I, I do. Um, two tips. And then I'm going to give you, a, I'm going to read an example to you, but the tips are, are details, add details, hit the impact. What have you done and how have you, what, you know, you have to explain, I've done such and such like this before, mm -hmm. but here's what I've done and here's the difference that I've made. So details and impact, hard hitting verbs, not provided responsible for hard hitting. Um, so many are, are overused or vague. Um, uh. And then people misplace the emphasis. So I'm, I'm going to read to you a transition from a horrible bullet to the way it should it should read in a resume, but this logic also applies to justifications for anything, for contract bids and so forth. So the bullet began with developed and deployed a marketing strategy that the division chief implemented. Okay, oh. all right. Yeah, this, this is real. I didn't make this up. <laughs> the, the, the next step is developed and deployed an innovative marketing strategy. Okay, that increased sales. There's the yes. impact, the detail by 30% this quarter. Yes. All right. Now that's still not perfect because what that explains, that explains the how and not the what. It starts with a how and then the what. So the final version of this, it's word sculpted, it's strategized. You hit with a what and then you go to the how is catapulted sales, note the verb. Mm. Catapulted yes. sales 30% this quarter alone with her mm -hmm. innovative marketing strategy. Yes. Right. Brilliant. That's how you transition, but you have to know how to do that. Right. Uh, and a lot of this comes in the revision and the editing process. So you get the first draft done. And that's another mistake people make. They think the first draft is done. Boom. They send it off. Okay. No way. No, 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 no. I have to be reminded that when it's time for me to send another book to my publisher, that I have to stop editing at some point in time and let somebody else edit the next round. And then I can come back again because I could edit myself to death. Yep. Now, one more thought on the, on resumes. This, the, these are, these are the opening bullets from one resume. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this is how not to do it. Primary liaison, responsible for, responsible for, responsible for, contributor in, responsible for, maintain, responsible for. Okay. Yeah. That's dead on arrival. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You're absolutely right. I'm trying to think of how, you know, I don't have bullet points on mine anymore because I don't need my resume out there, but, you know, it makes me think of all the ones I've done in the past, but, you know, how, how many people I've looked at their resumes that look exactly that same way. Because that so, seems to be the standard. It's so easy. It's so easy to fix. The beauty of this is you learn how to write powerfully once and it applies to everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think people are daunted at times by writing, especially when it's for something that could mean business or a new, new, uh, uh, you know, maybe new job, whatever. But, you know, how do you get people over that, maybe that trepidation about, yes. I can't write, that's not my skill set. That's easy. That's easy. First of all, I knew all, you'd have an answer. <laughs> yeah. First of all, think Mary Poppins. Okay. Mary oh, Poppins. Okay. Okay. With every job that must be done, there's an element of fun. You find the fun and snap the job's a game. So if you look at writing like 
it's a scavenger hunt. When we, if we have time to talk about the word sculpting tools, this yes. is scavenger hunt. You look for those redundancies, the useless words, and oh, I found another one. Uh, the verbs. Ask me about a hard-boiled egg. I don't. I don't want to run out of time before talking about hard-boiled eggs. Okay. So it's a scavenger hunt. What, how is writing fun? It's photography, where you take uh, kind of a vague subject or vague sentence, but by time you infuse that detail, it comes into focus and it's just beautiful. Writing is like either chess or poker because it involves strategy. I know what I want you to do. I know what your arguments are. I need to counter your arguments and explain how mine are better in a fair and balanced way. So mm -hmm. it's, it's poker. So it writing is it's a yep. hoot. So you look I'm, at it from those angles and all of a sudden it, it's not so intimidating. All right, before we're done, I'll have to ask you about my words, but your, your word is hard boiled egg. So tell me about hard boiled egg. Okay, so I have 10 word sculpting tools, one of which is verbs are your friends, use mm -hmm. them or rely on them. So the way I explain this is imagine a hard boiled egg and now make that hard boiled egg six foot tall, big honking hard boiled egg and focus on the yolk. The yolk is the verb. The white, which I think is called aluminum, I, I, mm -hmm. I, I just killed yes. that with a word I just learned. Anyway, the, the white is all the words that we use to suffocate the verb nowadays. It's bureaucratic bladder. Now, here, here are some examples. Uh, provide notification is notify. Provide a description is describe. Place huh. an emphasis on is emphasize. Work collaboratively is collaborate, uh, has a constraining effect on, is constrains, you, you see? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, submit an application is apply. So right. when you, yep, so when, when you go through your draft sentence by sentence and you apply that particular word sculpting tool, all of a sudden you get rid of the egg white and you come down to that solid yolk and remember my little white rectangle, okay, where you save space, that means you've got more opportunity, more space to keep making your case. So by, by sculpting out all of those useless words and redundancies, you, you not only tighten up the text, but you buy yourself more strategic uh, mm -hmm. opportunity. That is brilliant. It reminds me of something my husband says to me at times when I don't let him do a lot of reading of my business stuff because then, you know, we got to keep a separation of church and state of marriage yep. and business. Yep. But he always tells me that I can get way too wordy. And, and you're, I love the way you give that the visual because you're right. It, it suffocates it and it takes away space that can be used to make a more meaningful argument or case that you're trying to present. Okay. One more. Imagine yeah. two, imagine two little pigs in a bed. Okay. okay. And, and, and they all rolled over and one fell. Oh, sorry, go on. That's exactly it. So, so this is word sculpting to, tool number two, and it's called don't use words that hog space. Okay, because, uh -huh. all right. So the one pig is sitting on the edge of the bed. The other is just kind of strewn out there. And here's an example of words that hog space. Um, equal and capability with is on par with. In an expeditious manner is expeditiously in the mm. near future is soon. So the whole idea here is going from writing fat to writing skinny. Mm -hmm. And again, that's where I come back to, it's like a scavenger hunt, looking through these sentence by sentences, oh, I found another piece that hogs space and mm -hmm. you, you sculpt them out and you tighten your text. 
It's so funny. I am. So I've, I've written my two published business books like novels. Uh, the next books coming out are not written as novels, but I'm actually writing my first novel. That's not a, not, not a business oh, book. For you. And I have about 35 more pages to actually type. The whole thing is done, but I'm now going through and I'm starting a real editing phase. And I found, I found that I've been overusing the word juxtaposition. Now I have an emotional con uh, connection to the word juxtaposition because the first time I ever heard it, I was in college. I wrote a, a poem for, for one of my classes and I got, it was my first A plus. And it came back with this teacher that he never, you know, he didn't like anything that anybody did. I got an A plus, he circled this one part and he said, beautiful juxtaposition. I had to go look up the word juxtaposition. So since that day, I overuse it. So the other day, as I, as I was reading again, I said, I wonder how many times I'm using juxtaposition. So I've written about 150 pages so far. I did the uh, find and I had it in eight times. And I'm like, that's time to take seven of them out. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my weak point as well. So, you know, truth, truth and lending. I have a, uh, a very dear and trusted friend. He's my, he's my second set of eyes. And mm -hmm. so he, he, he performed that function in the first edition and the second edition. And I'm currently developing web-based class called Catapult Your Career, Right to Influence. Um, I finished the final draft actually this weekend, but many of his comments were, yo, Bass, <laughs> do you know how often you have used the word A-D-D-D-S? Oh, yes. Okay, fine. So with a thesaurus in hand, I, I, I walk the dog backwards, but that's very easy to do. Yeah. Um, but that's why word sculpting tool number 10 is revise, edit, and proofread. What mm -hmm. people don't realize is that those are three distinct functions. Mm -hmm. Each has a, a separate list of criteria for which you search. And if you skip any one of those three, you're harming the end product. Yes, I love it. I, I Fantastic. Um, Carla, I, great tools for everybody, whether you're looking for a job, you're submitting a proposal, you're writing a book, it doesn't matter. Uh, you're writing, you're writing a well-versed a well uh, LinkedIn post, for instance. You know, one of the reasons I like the LinkedIn post, I, I'm going to start up again starting tomorrow, but I usually would do what I'd call thoughts from the coffee table. And I loved it in the post format because there was 1300 characters to tell my whole story. And I found a recipe that really worked for me. So regardless of how you use it, I think all of your points are amazing and uh, everyone can benefit from it. And I know we're going to have all your contact information on the show notes, including links to your programs. But in case somebody is too lazy yet <laughs> to look up the show notes, what's the best way for them to find you? Not that you're lazy yeah. listeners, because maybe sometimes you're wanting to look it up and you just don't want to go look at the show notes. But what's the best way for them to find you? Sure. The website is www.write, as in W-R-I-T-E, write to influence.net. And on there, uh, to, to help people, I've got three free ebooks. It's called Write to Win a Standout Resume, Write to Win a Performance Review, and Write to Win a Grant Submission. In each okay. one of those three products, I have laser focused my strategies and the word sculpting tools to help you do each one of those, uh, those products. And then I also have a twice monthly newsletter. It's called Right to Influence Quick Tips. So if, if somebody would like to receive that and you know every word counts, so I value my reader's time tremendously, just yeah. email me, Carla at right2influence.net and I'd be glad to share those with you. 
Fantastic, Carla. Uh, really value, valuable, incredibly valuable information. Thank you. Um, so before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice? Um, yeah, uh, learning to write powerfully is a life skill. Um, and, and if you know children, children, young adults in, in high school and college, pass this to them also, because they're not getting this in school. So if, if I could ask your listeners to help me carry my message to other people, I would be profoundly grateful. I, I agree. Absolutely. We, we all know we missed it. So it's important that we try and make sure the next generations don't. Carla, thank you so much for being my guest today. This was incredibly powerful. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.